A quick content note here before we begin this episode of What Am I Rolling? This episode's one-shot, Bluebeard's Bride, is a supernatural horror game, and it's intentionally designed to push the limits of the intellectual dark side and exercise our twisted imaginations. That said, it means there is the possibility for people who are listening to be emotionally overwhelmed or upset by the content that we explore in this one-shot. I just want to take a moment to reiterate that before recording, the players and myself did our own boundaries check and went over some RPG safety tools, just to make sure that we were good to play. You can find links to such resources in the detailed show notes of this episode. For those of you listening, please be aware that there is content in this one-shot which is intentionally disturbing and uncomfortable. So, do take a break, or skip this one-shot should you need to. Content warnings include, and are not limited to, body horror, betrayal, relationships and the breakdown of relationships, lack of agency, emotional manipulation eating disorders, and violence towards women. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, my friends. Hello, and welcome to What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part two of our Bluebeard Bride one-shot so make sure you've listened to the first part before continuing on with this episode. To briefly recap, we are playing Bluebeard's Bride a tabletop role-playing game of supernatural horror set in a familiar fairy tale. Hazel, Miriam, Vivian, David and Amy are all playing different aspects of the bride's psyche, known as a sister. The sisters guide the bride through Bluebeard's house, armed with little more than a set of keys. Each of them will take turns speaking as these aspects deciding what actions the bride takes and pushing the bride deeper into the mysteries of each room. Whilst exploring these rooms, the sisters must make decisions when coming upon and interacting with the horrors which haunt this mansion, ultimately deciding whether or not their husband, Bluebeard, is a monster. Eventually, the sisters will make their way to the final room and seal the bride's fate forever. So, as you might have guessed, this one-shot is a little bit different to our previous one-shots, as I ran it live for the Drunken Storytellers podcast on their Twitch channel. This episode's audio was taken from that live stream, and has only been edited slightly to take out the breaks in the stream. You can watch the original unedited stream on the Drunken Storytellers YouTube channel. I'll put a link to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. I just wanted to give a massive thank you and shout out to the Drunken Storytellers podcast for allowing me to run this particular one shot for them. The Drunken Storyteller podcast is a podcast where the host, David, explores the world's myths, legends and stories, whilst while having a few drinks. If you're interested in diving deep into folklore, then I highly recommend checking out this podcast. Recently, David did an incredibly detailed episode on the original Bluebeard fairy tale, which inspired the RPG. So I've put a link to it in this episode's show notes if you're keen to know more. As Bluebeard's Bride breaks up quite nicely into distinct sections, I go through each section and the rules as they come up on the live stream. One last thing before we begin. 
Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players, and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's play Bluebeard's Bride. And we're live, in theory. Uh, my stream keeps crashing, so I'm hoping we're live, everybody. If everybody can see us and we're talking and you can hear me, then it's all good. If not, well, we're talking <laughs> to nobody. Um, oh, no, it does appear to be back. It's just very, very slow. Lag again. Cool. Okay, cool. Right, uh, welcome back to uh, the Drunken Storyteller's Twitch channel, my channel here. Um, I am the Drunken Storyteller. Um, today, we are concluding our fantastic feminist horror game of Bluebeard's Bride. Um, I'm just calling it No Touchy at the moment, so. <laughs> um, but uh, And we have today, again, running the game Fiona from What Am I Rolling podcast, so I shall just hand straight over to Fiona. Um, Brilliant. Do you want to just quickly put your Oh, yes, stuff I need to do bit. everything else, don't I? Um, That's okay. Things are going a bit weird on the stream. It keeps on crashing on my computer. So, I don't know. So, yeah, uh, pod, uh, promotional things for me. Um, I'm running the London Marathon. Yay. Um, somehow I'm going to manage to run 42K, and I have no idea how. Um, I am running for a charity called No Man Is an Island, and this is a HPV and anal cancer awareness charity. They want to raise money to wipe out the 5% of cancers caused worldwide by the HPV virus. Or HPV, because it is that, that would be HPV, human papillomavirus virus. So HPV, they want to wipe it out. So that's a really, really cool thing to do. So I am raising money for them. If you are interested and you are watching the stream, uh, there is some information about them um, in the chat. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I will endeavour to try and remember to put in the link in the in the, the notes underneath that. Um, and I will talk about things we have coming up later. But I'm also the have a podcast, but we'll do that at the end of the game. But the yeah. cool thing is, is donate, support a really cool cause. I will endeavour to mention this again throughout the, the, the thing because I keep forgetting to do that. The other thing is, um, I'm sure Fiona will go through this as well, um, we are playing a horror game, so we do have a content warning on this. Um, and I will leave Fiona to kind of go through that for us. And I shall now pass over to Fiona. I'm Thank doing you very well much, today. You're doing amazing. Do not worry. It is, it is the end of the week, so what better time than to have a spooky one-shot. Uh, hello. Yes, my name is... Uh, I was going to say, my name is What Am I Rolling? That's not my name. <laughs> That's how well I'm doing today, folks. Uh, my name is Fiona, and I am the host of What Am I Rolling? But tonight, I am your groundskeeper. We're going to continue on our Bluebeard's Bride one-shot. It is a tabletop role-playing game of the supernatural horror set in a familiar fairy tale. Uh, it is just simply this. One room in Bluebeard's house is forbidden to his new bride, and eventually she falls prey to her curiosity and opens it to discover to discover a gruesome event inside which reveals her husband to be a killer of women. Tonight, our wonderful group of players will continue to explore the rooms of Bluebeard's home as the bride, creating our own beautifully tragic virgin, version sorry, of, of the dark fairy tale. Uh, 
it is true. Um, each one of our players will be taken on the role uh, of an aspect of the bride's psyche, a sister who guides the bride through Bluebeard's house with little more than a set of keys. Each of them will take turns in speaking as these aspects would speak, uh, deciding what actions the bride takes and pushing the bride deeper into the mysteries of each room, gathering tokens and encountering horrors along the way. Eventually, all of our sisters will make their way to the final room and sealing the bride's fate forever. Um, so let's have a go around and just so everyone sort of reintroduce yourselves again, uh, pronouns if you wish to share them, and what playbook we're going in. And uh, we'll have Hazel to start, if that's okay. Hello, everyone. Again, my name is Hazel. I use she or they pronouns. Both are great. Uh, and I am playing the Animus this session. Hi, everyone. I'm Mariam. I use they, them pronouns, and I am playing the Fatal. Hi, I'm Vivian. I use she and her pronouns, and I'm playing the mother, who has a good sentence. I'm going to read my sentence. Go for it, yeah. Um, you walk with authority, others ache for your approval, and long for you to soothe their wounds. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> mm. Thank you very much. David. Uh, you already know who I am. I've already done that. I'm David. He, him. I am playing the virgin. Um... I don't want anybody to touch anything because it all goes a bit scary and weird when people do that. So uh, my sentence is, sentence is now no touchy. No touchy, thank no touchy. you. And Amy. Um, I'm Amy, she, her. Uh, I will be playing the witch and I'm going to touch everything. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Excellent. So those we are our such players. a good relationship. <laughs> And those are our <laughs> sisters. <laughs> and it's okay if the sisters, as you can see, have a bit of internal disagreement amongst themselves. That's what is what makes this game really interesting to watch. Uh, so the rules of this game involve some negotiation and a little bit of chance. Uh, sometimes a player will wear a Bluebeard's wedding ring and directly control the bride's actions. And other times they may roll dice to decide what happens next. The important thing to note is that no one person directs the story, not even I as the groundskeeper who portrays the servants and horrors that they may meet along the way. So uh, just to sort of, well, before we go into our recap, um, I'm just going to say uh, we're going to talk about setting expectations and doing some content warnings for today's stream. So Bluebeard's Bride is a game designed to push the limits of our intellectual dark sides as players and exercise, exercise everyone's twisted imaginations. But that does mean that there are there, well, there is the possibility for people to get emotionally overwhelmed or upset by that content. It's completely understandable. So off camera, we've done our own group boundaries check with a traffic light system of lines and veils, and we've gone over the safety tool of the X card. Uh, and this is just a thing to say uh, for those of you watching or listening back to this stream, please be aware that the content in tonight's game is almost intentionally disturbing and uncomfortable. So be kind to yourselves and do take a break or skip the stream should you need to. Um, I think that's, that's all we can say on that. So in terms of our recap, our bride has had oh, had quite a morning, I once would say. Um, <laughs> you have start, you started your sort of day as Bluebeard sort of left you and with the strong thing of saying you can explore any room in this house. Here is a bunch of keys and you can choose a key and go into any room except this one very, very small key. Do not go into this room, my dear, and I will know if you have. And you've promised, all of you as, as the bride have promised not to do so. Because, of course... You trust your husband, don't you? 
Anyway, you you started the day by thinking, let's go towards a sewing room of some sort. And there, a horrible, disgusting sort of mannequin figure uh, with a tight corset was crying out for help. You then moved on to a tea room filled with beautiful crockery uh, all the way up to the ceiling. But then the sofa tried to eat you. You then moved on to... I've lost my notes. Where did you go on to that? You went on to the pantry. Of course, who could forget the pantry? With beautiful, delicious cakes. And you just kept eating and eating and eating until the hunger inside was threatened to overcome and uh, consume you, so to speak. Uh, It was only, I think, a thankful... uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the witch that put the final crumb into another poor person that was also in the room suffering from the same fatard and getting that hunger getting them consumed instead finally to round off the night you thought well try and find a bedroom of some sort but then you must have taken a wrong turning somewhere and found yourself in the greenhouse where all manner of things there clearly was something buried beneath this this sort of old bench Uh, a, a young lady and a servant girl intertwined in some way some forbidden love perhaps and as they sort of talk to you you realize not all was what it seemed with the servant girl starting to open her mouth and soil starting to pour from it almost consuming you but luckily you cried for help and a wonderful servant came one gilbert the gardener came and fought them off and told you to leave uh, at, and even though you tried to protest gilbert insisted that you, your position was a was of with the house and not with the outside and so you have left. And just for those, if you watched last week's stream, so in case you didn't watch last week's stream, that's a very hard word to say out loud. Um, we have uh, two tracks, essentially, one of a, tra- a track of faithfulness and a track of disloyalty. And within each room, the bride and uh, whoever's wearing the blue bits ring can choose to propose a truth about what happened in that room and take a token of it to prove either uh, Bluebeard is good or is a monster of evil or as my notes said a monster of evil 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 who knows um so far our team have got a uh, one faithfulness token i feel like a bit like on the crystal maze our team has one faithfulness token which is in the side of a, a golden teacup and a teapot um they also have two disloyalty tokens which are a little bit of cake and a trowel taken from the greenhouse and that's where we sort of left it. We've sort of, you've sort of, the bride has sort of come out of the greenhouse, the doors closing behind her and clicking shut. And we left it, I believe, with the mother holding uh, Bluebeard's wedding ring. So they are in control of that just now. But sisters, what would you like to do? Just bear with me. I'm trying to fix internet issues at the moment, so. <laughs> Uh, everyone else have continue playing the game i'm just going to make sure that we are continuing to stream and it doesn't keep do you want to, do you want to put me as the host david if that's helpful it's, or, more, or it's, it's more connecting to the stream at the okay moment, so. cool making sure perhaps we should actually find the bedroom this time i don't see why we'd be able to this time when we failed the previous three seems the task takes us wherever we, it wishes not wherever we wish to go I mean, that's no reason not to try. Maybe we'll find somewhere else that's wild and wonderful and that we've not seen before. I'm querying use of the word wonderful, but wild 100%. Well, I'm sure that wherever we find, you will do nothing but to keep us safe, even at the expense of any other person we may run into, which... 
obviously. And, you know, I there are clearly secrets in this house, and I believe if we do not find answers to those secrets, then we are leaving ourselves incredibly vulnerable. Well, we must... This house has been controlling our every move. We must find out how to control it. Once we have that, then we will actually be the mistress of this house instead of its plaything. Perhaps we should find its heart, then. Well, that's an idea. I mean, surely the heart is, is in the bedroom. No, that's somewhere no, else further south. Didn't Mother always say the heart of the house is the kitchen? I don't don't really know if I want to risk going to a food-related place again. Well, there's a key here. It's very big. It looks a lot older than all of the other keys here. There seems to be some kind of strange green mildew growing on it. And to me, it looks like this is the sort of key that will lead us somewhere at least important. You know, and I think this key is it's sort of big. It's very chunky. Mm -hmm. It's like an old church door key. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sort of notably older mm. than the other what? keys in the ring. Perfect. What what's it made out of? Is it wood? Is it uh, metal? Some sort? Uh, iron, I think. An iron key. Mm. Okay. Um, you take some time uh, as mother, as you are in charge currently, walking around the house trying to find the the door that this key uh, fits, and eventually you do. Uh, you can see a double iron door. Ooh, sorry, getting my notes onto the big screen. Uh, you can see a double iron door. And in it, it is made of cogs and other interlocking mechanisms. When you put the uh, the key in the lock and you start to turn it, almost like an orchestra of met metallic sounds fill the air and the doors open inwards by themselves. So you put the key in the lock, you turn the key. There's a click, the door opens and the room beckons. You enter and the doors close behind you. This is what appears to be a workshop of some sorts, uh, like a machine shop. There's no windows or other doors. This entire room is lit, as you can see, by an, a magnificent sort of resounding clockwork and whistling pipes. The air itself reeks of confined and, and, and work and, and sweat. Your steps are the first to disturb this sort of thick layer of dust that covers the floor. There are tables on both sides of the room, and these are populated by the strangest me uh, mechanisms and contraptions that you have ever seen. Amongst them, you see what appears to be a child made of porcelain and clockwork. On another table, there are a number of dirty glasses containing liquids with strange names and strange colours. On another, various sheets of paper written in an indecipherable handwriting are scattered across the table, along with, a, along with an ink pen with its tip blocked. What would you like to do? Uh, I have a clarifying question. Of course. So the glasses that are labeled and have strange liquids, are they like drinking glasses or are they more like sort of beakers? They are more sort of like, they're all different shapes and sizes. They're definitely not, they're definitely not like wine glasses um, or anything like that. No, no champagne flutes here. They're definitely, almost all of them are corked in some way. And they're all, okay, some, so of, some of them are long, some of them are fat and short. 
Okay, so like stop with stoppers, not like you can just take it and just have a shot <laughs> sort of a thing. No touchy. Well, they... No touchy. No touchy. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting you do that. I just I was I was trying to visualize what they sure. look like. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, think of it as almost like an alchemicalist like okay. uh thing. So they're all different sizes and they all have different uh different colours and stuff like that. And but all of them, all of them with labels on it, but indecipherable like writing. Some of them make mere symbols and whatnot. But yeah, again, you'd have to go over and look at them should you wish to find out more. Is it okay if I investigate the liquids? No touchy. <laughs> I will try to no touchy investigate uh, the series of uh, beakers and stoppers and liquid stuff. Brilliant. So you're investigating a mysterious object. Totally yes. fine. Um, so yeah, so you got them. Uh, which two questions would you like to ask? Um... I'd like to go with what memories does this item hold? And uh, what about this item is odd or uncanny? Okay. Um, I'll answer the second one first, if that's all right with you. Um, sure. So as, as you make your way over to look at these bottles, what is uncanny is that there are so many of them. Like the whole table is almost like crammed full of them. and. Like they're all different sizes, all different shapes. You can even see like bottles which are almost as big as your little your little fingernail with a stopper on top. There are some which are vast and big, round and sort of crooked, maybe as if almost heat has me sort of melted them into a certain shape. That is what is strange: is that this whole table is just covered with them, and you feel like any taking any of them or, or touching any of them just offhandedly without care could easily cause a big spillage or breaking. But what form of memories does this, these take? You can see one of the containers uh, seems to be less covered by dust, one that's at the very front. Um, no no bigger than, say, uh, like a beaker, we'll say. There's no bigger, no, 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 uh, no rounder than that. On it, you see a... Yeah, no worries. Uh, on it, you can see there is a, uh, a label on it and it says to my beloved and then b b x on it so this was a gift from our husband mm. it's odd to think that gift might be something some sort of chemistry some sort of alchemy seems our husband has all sorts of talents hmm Maybe this is how he got his gold. Maybe he turned it, turned, turned, turned things into gold. Maybe we could turn things into gold. Maybe we could, but maybe touching things is a really bad idea. Like we've touched things before and they've been bad. This, if this is alchemy, we don't know what's in these, and then that's going to be even more bad than than. Than being eaten by a sofa. Sister, we are never going to find out things about this place if we don't touch things. I, I'll also say, because I didn't describe the liquid inside it as well, is a pure milky white liquid. Not all the way to the top or anything like that. Maybe about a centimetre or two. And all of the containers 
uh, have that similar substance? No, all the other ones are very different. This particular one that has less okay. dust on it, uh, it happens to have like a milky sort of substance. Uh, again, looking at it, it looks thicker than the other ones. You can see, looking again, looking around the table, there's ones of greens, of purples, of blues and blacks, uh, a whole array of colours, but this seems to be the only one that has that sort of minky, minky? Milky whiteness. <laughs> I think to make sure it's not spoiled milk or something, I feel like you should sniff it. Shame. Sniff it. I'm, I'm glad the witch has disappeared, because you would suggest maybe <laughs> putting it in a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't suggest we put it in a cup it. of tea. That sounds like a bad idea. Sniffing it hmm. at a distance. Do have a teacup on you. Wait here. Pour a little into the teacup and sniff it and examine it. <laughs> what say you, Animus or Mother? Go ahead. Crack, crack. <laughs> I, I, I'm here to say crack on with... Pouring the mysterious uh, crack, or pouring it onto the porcelain child. Well, Ooh. you know, it's mostly empty. So it has, it, has it perhaps been used? In which, and the only notable thing here is said porcelain with a maybe perhaps a certain milky white complexion. You can see again, looking over to that to the child. Or like the porcelain, it's just on the next table. Uh, you can obviously there are you can see it's a bit like um, uh, the girl in the fireplace if you think of Doctor Who. So the, there are you can see cogs and sort of gears and sort of the front part. But the 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 head is of full porcelain with golden curls coming down. The face itself does look uncannily like a real human child, just at a glance. But then if you stare at it for too long, you're like, no, it's, it's definitely. Definitely not alive. Hmm. Did we not believe the mannequin was not alive? If the mannequin was not alive, this cannot be alive either. Sounds like a philosophical question, which... <laughs> what, what here is alive, what isn't a, here is alive... Are we a horrific murderer? Are we not a horrific murderer? I, I'm not you a say, murderer. You say you we. Did the murdering. You know. It's true, Animus. We, the defense, one... we would not be able to, you know, we would not be judged. It is not murder if the other option is die yourself. I think the, the line between murder and not murder is the person you stabbed dies. This person died, therefore it's murder. No, the mur the answer is if the per if we do if we are told that if we do not stab this person we will die ourselves, that is self-defense. It's still murder. We still, we still killed someone. Maybe not murder if murder is wrongful killing. I'm just saying that in a court of English law, self-defence would be a valid option. So what should we do about... In France. What, what should we do about the doll? 
the dolls, again, it's sort of like the way it's sat, it's the legs are out and the hands are sort of like, like this, sort of straight out in front of it. I have a peer at it and perhaps investigate it and its Absolutely. mysteries. Absolutely. Uh, so, Mother, which two questions would you like to ask? I would love to ask, um, whose item is this and why did Bluebeard keep this item? Looking at this creation, again, maybe taking a step or two closer just to investigate it, it is incredibly fine. The porcelain itself is painted in such a way. And underneath the sort of hairline, the beautiful frizzy curls, you can see almost like a, a maker's mark in some way. So sort of stamped on it. Uh, the maker's mark is of um, two horses sort of running, uh, running or trotting. I mean, it's teeny tiny. So it's <laughs> essentially from that. Um, why did Bluebeard keep it? So you go to step a little closer and then the eyes blink and it sort of turns to you and it, it sort of says in a very mechanical voice, Mummy? And sort of reaches his hands out to try and touch you. No touchy. Well... Um, I, is there anything sharp about? Uh, I mean, it is a workshop with tools and stuff, so there is, but I will say, uh, there is no, uh, you do not have, um, the ring currently, so you can't dirty yourself with violence. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I protect myself. Scissors, don't you? Yeah, we, have, we have this trowel. I yes. We also have a bloodstained trowel. We do. Um, I will try and find a sharp edge of a table and kind of slice the palm on it to spill my blood to commune with the horrors of the room. This is my medium Ooh. face. Okay. Um, so I mark a trauma and the groundskeeper shares whisperings about what happened here and might ask you a question or two, which I then answer. Yes, let me pull this up from my book. Uh, the medium. Answer three. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you do that. It's just, it, it, I guess it's a sort of an involuntary uh, thing as you sort of, you sort of like back away from this, this, this creature. Um, you, you suddenly realise in this workshop, it is, whilst there are bells and whistles going on, it's like sort of, you know, like a working workshop, but no one has been here in some time. You realise that the rest of the room, on the outskirts of it, there are all sorts of dolls here. Some of them with no no legs, as if only half complete from the waist up. Uh, maybe a couple of hands and stuff, all with similar porcelain faces and sort of eyes sort of like looking dead. You slowly see them all start to turn towards you to look at you. What are you most afraid of just now? Um, that all the dolls would come towards us and all want them to be, want us to be their mother. Uh, and then we what is escaping that. No. Great. And then my follow-up question would be, what is so striking about the doll that's reaching out to you just now, the complete doll on the uh, uh, workshop? 
Um, its fingers, it has. The way its fingers are crafted, they're all articulated. Yep. And they've all got proper human nails. Mm-hmm. And having something that looks so inhuman otherwise have human hands, as it were, is very odd and off-putting. Very realistic hands. Obviously child's hands. But... And even say, like, the child's hands, again, like you said, like, every sort of digit has that sort of ability to almost sort of, like, move mm-hmm. imperceptibly. But also the way the... the this uh, the snake sort of looks up to you. The eyes are completely blank, like doll's eyes. But the teeth, the teeth look very real. What would you folks like to do? You see this sort of, this doll with the word, and as it starts to move as well, you can hear the little ticking and the talking of the, the, the gears sort of like going in. And it sort of, it, it hasn't done it, it's just all it's done is moved its hands towards you as if wishing to be picked up. I know this probably goes goes without saying, but please please do not pick up the small child. Small child needs some comforting. I'm not ready to be a mother. Mummy! Don't don't it's not it's not for us. Well it's someone and that someone isn't here. That doesn't mean that we need to fill that that space. Mummy, I'm hungry. Well, that why that's part of our that's part of why we're here, you know. Perhaps, Al, didn't you take that cake? Yes. Perhaps we should feed it some cake. I would love to feed some cake to this child. Is this a caress a horror? I was going to say, it probably is. Uh, so, uh, if you want, if you've got it there, do read it aloud whilst I look it up myself. Okay. When you caress a horror, roll plus blood, my blood is minus one. FYI. Um, on a hit, a horror is swayed by your stroke. Direct what was intended for you to another victim in the house. On a seven to nine, it will shift its attention, but only if you participate in some way. Okay, roll plus blood then. That is a five minus one, which is a four. So that is a fail, unfortunately. So you take maybe a little bit of the cake because you, you're sort of like, this is this is evident in some way. So you break off a little bit off. Almost, I'm I'm thinking almost like um like a, a tart in a way with a little strawberry on it, perhaps. And you sort of you sort of lean in to give the cake. The doll's head opens wide, impossibly wide, almost like one of those, don't say Pac-Man, uh, <laughs> one of those dolls. Cake? Yes. Uh, uh, with, and again, you see a full full mouth of teeth, look like very much like human teeth. And it goes, and as you you try and quickly just sort of like put it away, it clamps down and nicks you slightly. Mother, please take a trauma for me. Okay. And it's sort of like horribly sort of like crunches and crunches and crunches almost in, like even though the cake was such a tiny tiny piece and soft it doesn't need to crunch that hard it's almost if it doesn't realize its own strength and you can see the bits of the cake sort of fall out of its mouth and onto the floor like a horrible horrible mess like and, cookie monster style 
very much like Cookie Monster style, <laughs> like ah, rah, 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 rah. But this one is more mechanical in its process. And as, as you hear it uh, sort of chomping down, you can all hear almost like a chorus of other people, of other of these porcelain uh, creatures starting to click at the same time. And the creature sort of takes a moment, looks back up at you and says, Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. And again, reaches out his hands to be picked up. So do I, I give away the ring, right? Because I rolled. Uh, yes, you, yes, because you did that, uh, Caress of Horror. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so who would you like to give it to out of the other four? Um, I'm scared. I just got kind of eaten. And so I'm going to give it to the witch. Right. Who I trust to have my back. <laughs> apparently. Okay. Well, I am... Stepping away from the creepy child. <laughs> I am not a fan of creepy children. Um, sorry, what did we learn about the vials? I, I had to step away for a moment yeah, there. No, that's totally so. fine. Uh, so essentially, um, all but uh, so all the vials were sort of covered in dust with those sort of labels. One of them was less dusty than the others, and there was a label on it which said "To my beloved" and then "B B," and this was like almost like a beaker-sized uh, uh, bottle, essentially in both in in uh, height and width. And in it, you saw like a milky substance, which was only about an inch or so up. And it was the only one on the table at a glance that you could see that had this sort of milky white substance in. Okay. I do not wish to go any closer to that child. You're not our child. We are not its mother. I'm not convinced this is even a real child. Do you see fear letting us care for one child means we will care for the thousands, hundreds of other children that line this room? Mummy, mummy, I love you. Just that's nice. Throw one of the liquids at it. Throw the whole glass vial at it, if needs be. Okay. Um, I am going to okay. so there's because uh, you've got a ring you've got the ring there's dirty yourself with violence yeah uh, if you can do that so when you dirty yourself with violence roll plus carnality on a hit mm -hmm. you can you can inflict trauma as established and choose one which is either disable them uh silence them or mutilate them on a seven and nine choose one from below as well which we can get into if you roll seven or nine Okay, um, I will then grab the largest of the glass vials and just mm. try to smash it over the doll's head. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you see like a big sort of like, almost like as big as a saucepan one. It's quite heavy with this sort of brownish, horrible bubbling liquid. So yeah, roll that. Roll My carnality is also minus one. <laughs> it's the wrong one. Uh, and it was a five, minus one. 
All right. So ah. uh, yeah. Um, so you you go to pull it as you do. It's so heavy, and you sort of misjudge it, and you crash the rest of these liquids like off the table, like half of them shatter, and you just horrible pungent smell of um, like acid and like almost burning starts to happen. You can see half the table starts to be eaten away. You get a little bit on your dress as it starts to eat away at that. Uh, take one trauma for me, please. Which, um, as you do that, you can see the child is obviously looking at you, seeing this. And Mummy. Mummy doesn't love me. I will make Mummy love me and starts to slowly but surely get off the table towards you. Uh, and you hear the sounds of other creatures coming where it is slowly but surely sort of slinking on the floor or slowly getting off the hooks and racks and always sort of almost like, almost, almost in like horrific chorus in a way, the head sort of lean back and the eyes open up like dolls eyes do and slowly but surely start to make their way towards you. Uh, you as you dirty yourself with violence which you have to pass the ring on to somebody mm -hmm. else. Uh, I will pass it to I'm trying to think who hasn't had it recently. Um, uh, Animus, Fatal and the Virgin. Uh, David how are you doing with everything? Are you I suggest you give it maybe to the Animus at the moment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I will pass to Animus then to do with as she wishes, but I would suggest that we try and get out of here before these uh, monsters come forward. Mummy! Mummy! These creatures start saying almost in a horrible sort of echoey chorus. But Animus, you have the ring. What would you like to do? Sisters, we've tried to be nice to it and be calm and caring to it. We've tried to attack it with this file. Does anyone have any ideas? Perhaps we should just pick it up and it will be quiet. We've seen it when we were in the countryside when there was a baby crying. We picked it up and soothed it. Okay. As you see, as you say that, Patel, you can see that this creature, this this small porcelain doll, walking towards you again, it starts to tears, almost like oil, starts to come down its face. You can see that it's trying to cry, wanting to be held up by you. Um. Okay. I'm going to visibly <laughs> in a sort of terrified manner mm -hmm. go to carefully pick up this monstrosity in a sort of way that you might normally pick up a child sort of underneath the armpits um is is this a so you can do this as a caress a horror thing uh which is a ring move okay so you for that you need to roll plus blood on the hit, the horror is swayed by your stroke and and direct what you, was intended for you for another victim of the house, which I can sort if you do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. The rolls haven't been great so far. <gasps> but I got an eight. 
an eight, so that is a mitigated hit. So it will shift its attention, but only if you partake in some way. So you go to pick up this creature, and as it does, it is so light. You think it must be heavier because of all the cogs and the wheels and stuff, but actually it is very light. And as you pick it up, you can almost hear like a little tune playing in its chest, like a little music box in some way. And as you pick it up, you can hear from behind you the door opening. And you look around and you see a woman uh, sort of wearing goggles and a, a sort of a, a, um, a, not even a scientist uniform, but like a big sort of apron and stuff. And she can see that you've you've picked up this creature. No, 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 that's my that's my child. You can't, that's my creation. You're not supposed to touch it. No touching. No touching is allowed. And you can see all these other creatures starting oh, to form around you both. The creature sees its creator. I furiously nod and agree with this creature. It's like, yeah, no touching, Mommy. no touching. <laughs> Mummy. And it sort of is reaching out to uh, this other creature, but it can't reach there because you are currently holding it. What would you like to do, Animus? Um, hold the... Um, keep keep holding the porcelain child doll. Try and, like, cradle it. Cradle it. So you sort of take it and it starts to wiggle in your arms. Its attention now is shifted completely to its creator. And it's like, no, mummy, mummy. Mummy! Um, the poor child to its mother. I, uh, I will take it back. It is I not will, a cat. You need to carefully put it down. I, I will calmly, slowly walk towards the creator and give it to her. As you see... As you give, as you're about to give it over to creator, you see the creator. No, 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 no! I can't. No, it's not ready. It's not right. And it's too late. You just, almost as it's when you shift a baby to another person, they're already holding it. And the doll is looking up. Well, what you think is love in this creature's eyes. And its head then tilts back, opens impossibly large, and clamps down on the person's uh, breast. Hungry, hungry. And you hear all these other creatures say, Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. And they all start piling in, going straight towards the creator, going up, grabbing her shins, like biting her ankles, going up to her thigh, going up, almost like covering her. And she's trying to get free, but because there's so many of them, they, they sort of pull her back and she falls, completely covered by these creatures. But there is a way out now. Because uh, you did that animus with the Crest Horror, you have to give up the ring and pass it on to someone else. I'm going to give it to the Fatal. All right, Fatal, you have the ring. I. You just see almost like a, a pile of moving parts, essentially. There's a bit of hair here, a, a mask here, the, the, a leg joint or something like that. And it's just. It's terrifying. I think I would like to exit this room, but propose a truth. Please. I will take this beaker mm -hmm. that is there with mm -hmm. the milky liquid. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to, even though it is, seems, seems very contradictive to what the Fatal already feels, uh, will say that this is a sign of Bluebeard, of her husband, trying to be supportive of his previous wife by giving her the tools to feel like a mother. So, so a token of faithfulness then? Yes. Okay. That's creepy. And that... I totally agree. And that uh, it's not his fault or even our fault that his previous wife was obsessed with having a perfect child. Right. So you, you grab the beaker. This what the perfect almost beaker thing didn't wasn't touched by the other like crazy stuff, and you sort of make a dash for the room. Maybe your dress train gets snagged on a couple of outstretched stretch fingers, but you manage to tear it away, run out of the room, and the doors shut behind you. So, two faithful tokens, two disloyal tokens. Pretty even just now. <laughs> also, I think we heal one trauma from Yes, it. you do. Does so everyone heal one? Uh, I think that's what we played it last time, that's so yes. <laughs> I was on four trauma. <laughs> what? That could have been bad. Oh, so. I would like, don't take a token of disloyalty. Don't take a token of disloyalty. Because <laughs> I'm going to shatter. But yes, so we've left uh, the machine workshop. And as the door sort of click behind you, you can hear the, again, just under the undertones, as the door sort of deadens it, you hear that sort of like, well, the sounds of clock, clocks and whirring and the muffled sounds of somebody screaming. The door shuts and clicks lock. Uh, Fatal, you have the wedding ring just now. Um, mm -hmm. What would you folks like to do? What are you thinking, sisters? I feel like we really must clean up and just stares at our clothes that we still haven't had a change yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's all blood all over them. Yeah, they've got cut up, they've been covered in dirt. Ripped. We got some of that horrible liquid, whatever it was, on them as well. And that's yeah, a little, little bit of acid that's burnt away at one of the, yes. the things, yeah. Did we find a, a, a bathroom? Yes, I think I think at this point, if uh, we are unable to make it back to our bedroom, at the very least, we should find some changing room of some kind, or a bathroom. And I start looking for some sort of a key that uh, looks to be very sort of... I guess either in 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 blue or a mosaic tile of some kind, or um, has uh, water or elements of water on it. Anything that to me feels like would lead us to a bathroom mm -hmm. or changing room of some kind. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, so you have a look, and you do find a key. Like such like that. Uh, even more so, it has a little note on it that says WC on it. Oh, wonderful. And I go into where I think one would be as I as uh, we head there and I sort of look at the key and I feel like it's made out of... Um, mm -hmm. It's made out of maybe brass or something very 
a little more modern, perhaps, uh, than the rest of the house. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that uh, suggests to us plumbing. Um, so it has like some sort of enamel paint on it, mm -hmm. um, maybe blue. All right. Uh, yes. So yeah, there's a little bit of maybe it's a little bit chipped and stuff. But you, yes, you do see, and you eventually, after some time, you do find uh, a door which matches that key. This door itself was once white, but the paint on it is now cracked and worn in several places. Uh, there is a rusty doorknob, and a decaying lock blocks your way. But you put in the key, the key fits, it clicks, and the door opens. The room beckons, and you enter, and the door closes behind you. And it is indeed a water closet. As soon as you enter this water closet, it is the smell that hits you, almost like a blow. And the only reason you don't throw up is that your fear that if you open your mouth, it will let more of that ascetic sort of smell enter your body. The bathtub and the bidet are dirty and abandoned. There is a solitary gas uh, light bulb that illuminates the room and flickers constantly threatening to shut down at any moment. In front of you is a shattered mirror with only a small remaining piece that shows your disgusted reflection at the smell. Below it, there is a water basin filled with a murky liquid. To your right, though, there is a clean hand towel which, which appears totally out of place with the, sort of the muck and the grime, maybe as much as the book as on the decorated toilet seat as well. Oh. And sort of to clarify, this is like, um, is is this more like an old, there's a pitcher of water to wash your hand, or is it actually like a sink and with like, sorry, like with, with taps and um, piped water? Yeah, it, it definitely looks like much more modern than you're used to. I don't, yeah, I would assume uh, the bride has not experienced an actual water within the house before it's always been in outside and stuff so yeah this is a beautifully sort of made sort of well what would have been a beautifully made sort of porcelain sort of sink uh, with taps and stuff but it is completely rotted or well uh, rusted and decayed a horrible sort of black spots of mold going up mm -hmm. sort of the 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 basin itself and you can see like again the, the sort of dark murky water that's just in the basin this is disgusting how is one may supposed I, to clean themselves? May we take stock of the room before going in any further, as it is so incredibly grim in here? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, which which question would you like to ask? Which? I would like to ask, what horror here is hidden from the bride? What horror? So he got the smell, because that's not hidden. No, well, the smell is somewhat obvious. Yes, that, that's, a, that's the obvious horror. It's like, your nose will not recover. Um, yeah. There is... The way you're looking at it, again, the way the light sort of, like, flickers in and out, almost like, and you can hear it almost like that weird buzzing. Well, you, again, you wouldn't necessarily be used to it, but again, you can just see that it sort of threatens to go out at any moment. But your eye is drawn to this basin, and the water looks still or does it it's like a little blip, something you think maybe a drip from the water tap perhaps but you're not sure it is dark and murky and whatever lies within that water you know, i wouldn't wash your face in it put it that way 
Shall we investigate the sink, sisters? Mm. Yeah. And then perhaps oh, that's the reading material he keeps. He's doing his business after the sink, obviously. Yes, there is there is a small toilet book that is on the the, the sort of um the shelf <laughs> behind the, the toilet. Let's sure. do the sink or the book first. Hey, we, we can do the sink first. As you, you spoke first, let's do the sink first. Uh, sorry, Animus, you were going to say something as well. Surely he can't be using this space as a way to to relax or even use for usual biological functions. Well, grotesque. Men are babies. somewhat grotesque. He built on, babies for it his, his explain the blue. So Mother? It could explain the blue. Funnily enough, there is no blue dye stains anywhere in this water closet. I will say that. <laughs> no, I believe I I follow the mother's logic. He has been poisoned by something in this room and it is causing his hair to grow blue. Perhaps the servants haven't come around to clean as they should be. Perhaps they are slacking in their duties. <sighs> Perhaps, perhaps, if we can, after this day, have our own bathroom, I will not complain of what he does in his own toilet. Certainly not. Certainly not this one. No, um, he may keep this one all for himself. Uh, I will have another. There's another sort of drip, drip from the basin. Which do do you recommend the second bathroom? Yes, yeah, so a house this large, there can there's surely more than one bathroom. I know wow. at home we only had the one amongst us all, but a house this large can can hardly. Do you expect that the master the master of the house shares a bathroom with his guests? I wouldn't think so. We've used the bathroom before, and it's we've found them to be perfectly fine. Why is hmm. it that we can't get back there? Reasonable. Apologies, I will let you investigate the sink. Right, so, uh, sorry, who is investigating the sink? Uh, I guess I was investigating the sink. Sure. Uh, what would you like to know? Um, what about this item is odd or uncanny? Hmm? And whose item is this? Uh, so I'll answer the second part again. What is uncanny about it is as you step slowly towards it, it is... <sighs> the water s- seems still, even as you walk towards it, and you may think that your footsteps may cause tremors in it, but it doesn't. And it's only when the drip of the tap hits the water does there's there sort of a, a distortion, a shift in it, um, as you get closer and closer. Whose item is this? As you get to the basin, you just so happen to sort of look up into the shattered mirror and there is another person there standing behind you. You just see them, this is almost like um, sort of a skeletal woman, thin, high cheekbones, raggedy, sort of black hair looking down and, and you just hear breathing on the back of your neck. Filthy. Filthy. And this creature 
you suddenly feel at the back of your head uh, a hand grabbing you and start to push your head down towards the water quite forcefully. Uh, I feel like... Hmm. I feel like at this point I want to resist. Mm-hmm. And... I think I will try to resist by, um, I think, caressing this horror by uh, being like, no, I mean, yes, but perhaps uh, we can can help each other go somewhere else a little cleaner. So you're sort of reaching up to touch the hand and be like, no, no, it's... And then it's saying that out loud. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's Caress a Horror Roll plus Blood for me. Uh, so that is a total of nine. Nine, so that's a mitigated hit. The hand stops momentarily. Um... And again, that horrible, almost like creaking whisper. Healthy, dirty. The you feel it release you slightly. You sort of you sort of go back up again. Maybe not willing to turn around and face this person. Uh, so on on a mitigated hit, it will shift its attention, but only if you participate in some way. You know who who's even filthier than me. Um, I was just in the garden and I saw these two women there. They were very filthy. filthy. I'm sure you'd love to clean them. Clean. And it takes a moment just to stroke sort of the back of your head because you helped it find its sort of like, well, intended victim inside. <laughs> and it just slowly steps back from the glass so you can't see it anymore, and you just hear the door open and shut. But in your heart, you feel that you've doomed someone in some way. Not only just the two people that were in the in the, sort of the lover's embrace, but also maybe a poor gardener who's trying to defend his... Stop laughing! <laughs> Gilbert, who was going about his day, now might find himself um, a little less dirty, so to speak. I am jump in, and then um, as you know, the door opens. Just sort of um, reach into a pocket and pull out a handkerchief. Then sort of you know, you know, we're properly now. It's lovely and perfumed. It's good for hiding the stench. And I just sort of like pass it out, and um, I'm using my mm-hmm. face as the kingmaker. When you insist a male servant or horror deserves more power than they currently have and give them a gift, you have found your champion. Heal one trunk. All right, excellent. And, you know, I think maybe some of these horrors are actually okay. Not too bad. You sort of reach out behind you and sort of, you say that, again, maybe looking straight into the mirror, and you just feel almost a slimy sort of like, well, not slimy, but like a coldness sort of rake your hand 
sort of takes it. Where's that? Dirty. And then the door's shut. So yeah, you can heal one horror. Uh, heal one horror. You can <laughs> heal one trauma. Uh, and for Tao, because you use the ring move, uh, you must pass on the ring. Uh, yeah, uh, Virgin, are you okay taking the ring? Woohoo. Okay. Yep. Good stuff. But yes, you are now left alone. The water, as you look down at it now, it doesn't, it is moving. It is fine. Like, whatever disturbance or something was here has now gone. But again, at the back of your minds, just that, that whisper, that like almost heat hotness of breath again that smell which is now dissipated ever so slightly i would say dirty filthy it's kind of start kind of half half noticing that i'm scratching the back of my head and like stop stop feeling a little bit maybe a bit uncomfortable and like, mm. so, so it's not just touching things things can just appear this this is i'm really beginning to to worry what 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 our husband has has done and what has been doing for for ghosts that must have been a ghost to remain here maybe maybe that's his diary and he he likes to write in his diary when he's uh taking care Shall we? Shall we have a look at this at the, at the book? Mm -hmm. I believe that to be a good idea. Makes sense. Not the closet he told us we must not go into. <laughs> uh, so, Virgin, uh, investigate a mysterious object. Uh, you can ask two from that list. Yes. What would you like to ask? Um, what memories does this item hold, and why did Bluebeard keep this item? Okay, so as you go and pick up the book, it is quite, it's, a, it's um, what, what my dad would call a toilet book. What is called in the book, yeah, it's <laughs> what is called in the book uh, a pillow book, essentially a very small, slight thing, but it has a beautiful ornate cover uh, on it. Uh, and you distinguish the author, and, you're, and a name sort of rings in your head, uh, and you realise that this author was a scandal about this person, a sort of... Um, um, this person was a writer of sort of uh, sexual fantasies, uh, sort of almost like indulging women's fantasies about having pleasure given to them rather than them giving pleasure to others. And it caused quite a scandal, you remember, in your village. As you start to um, sort of flip through it slowly, you see each page where well, you can't read any of the pages. They are sort of stamped or written in sort of ways. Certain pages are just completely ripped out. But again, that's the thing. Filthy, dirty, disgusting, not proper. Um, as you hold it, there's a moment where you look at your hand and there's ink on it, the same ink that was from the book. And you maybe try to move it off with your finger, but it, it slowly gets bigger you realise that it starts to come out of your skin. And you sort of look towards that shattered mirror. You see your face and you see other pinpricks of 
ink start to come out from the eyes, from the nose, to cover filthy, dirty. Out of character. I should listen to my own goddamn advice and not touch things. <laughs> um, back in character, as as we look at the mirror, I start to maybe scratch on my face. Why? Yeah, as you do so, as you do so, like again, the ink maybe it 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 you definitely leaves a mark from what you can see, like fingerprints. But again more and more ink blots start to come over your hair and you can see on your dress as well the more ink splats and stuff start coming through am i am i right in thinking that there is the sink is filled with liquid yes okay start to, to wash is there soap around no I I would like to um, use a face um, move. Um, I would like to use my brute move. Because when you investigate a mysterious object by breaking it, ask a follow-up question about the object. I don't necessarily want to break it in the same way that I broke the bench. I kind of want to try drown it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're trying to like put it in and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. just wreck it. Yeah, so you get you. Yeah, you grab the book and you just like hold it under, and you feel suddenly there is that resistance as it sort of moves against you. But you're holding it under. What other question would you like to ask? Um, what would the? Why well, ask what memories and why did why did he keep it? I don't think you've answered why he kept it, but I think we can guess. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more the, the, the author bit, I think I was trying to sort yeah. of indicate that, but yeah. He kept it because it's a raunchy book. <laughs> naughty book. Um, so yeah, so you've got left, uh, whose item is this and what is odd and uncanny about it? Oh, am I allowed to ask those questions? I don't have to... Um, as, as long as it's something I, I can, I, I might have to change the, right. we could have changed the answer, well, we can change the question a little bit, but feel free, like, what, what you've got. What about this, in spite of the fact that it's a, a raunchy book covered in weird markings, mm -hmm. is there anything else that is odd or uncanny about it? Oh, very good question. Okay, as, I guess as you are starting to effectively drown and you can see the water permeating and almost like when you see soap, uh, and oil, this you know, moving across and stuff. You can see the 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 the, the filthy and the the words, the ink start to disappear, essentially, and move out. And you see, finally, the uh, the title page, and on it, uh, you can see there is like um, a note. And it says, "To my love, maybe this will inspire you." And then BB, and then just yeah, just wreck the book under the yeah. liquid. Yeah. yeah, you you spend what feels like hours trying to like this book, this to put it under the water, and it it, it does resist. But slowly but surely, it stops, and you can see the pages and bits of it start to flake away and completely sodden. And as you sort of turn it over in the water, you can see there is no ink on it at all now. Everything is sort of 
um, dissolved off the papers. And as you sort of pull it up, the sort of binding sort of breaks and it just flips and there's bits of paper everywhere, all over the floor now. And you eventually look up and your skin is clear, no ink. I'm gonna try just, I don't have control of the bride, but. No. You, you sort of shake off. Yeah. Can I propose a truth? I think this yes. will give us our last one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to collect up all the wet bits of paper, smush mm-hmm. them into a ball that is unrecognisable from the book, keep it to show that he is not the loving, gentle, innocent man that I believed him to be. There is something dark and deviant about him. Yes, I I have, I want a little bit of this, but this, this is too much. I did not need to see this about him proposing these wicked and nasty things to, to his other wives and him making these suggestions. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a token of disloyalty. I do not trust his advances. No. All right, so that means everyone marks one trauma as you take this. That, I believe, fills up the... uh, I've not just just shattered anybody, have I, by doing that? I'm good. I'm a three. I'm a two. Which was only at four, but thankfully you healed last time, so all good. So... I'd have shattered last time if we took a token of faith. You're okay now. (laughs) I'm okay now, yeah. I'm all right. Just, just. So you pull out again this, yeah, this, this, uh, like, smush of a ball, but yeah, with the, with the sort of the binding and stuff, you feel like, yeah, this is, this is not right. He sort of was cruel to this person. And then whatever sort of intention this person had, it turned almost perverse in a way. But as you do that, you pick it up, you look behind you, and the door is still open. Uh, from when they left it, and you go out, and the door shuts. And, sisters, you have these tokens. You have the piece of cake, the bloodstained trowel, and this book of pages of uh, of naughtiness, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, uh, scan- sex and other scandalous subjects. There you go. That's what the... Schmutz. Schmutz, exactly. <laughs> so... With this in your heart, all of you know that you can't put off the inevitable any longer. You must go and see this one room. You know which room, the room that is forbidden. You make your way and go across what feels like countless corridors, across like a a gallery almost, and you see down, you see room upon room, all these different things. You hear cries from the other rooms, sudden sounds, squawking even. You carry on your purpose you know is true. You get to the final room. So, um, you see what looks like a plain door. Very plain, in fact. And the only reason you know that this is the door is that the keyhole itself is very tiny, like the size of your eye, perfect for looking into. Sisters, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want, and you all have to decide together which you would, which outcome you are going to choose from the disloyal table. 
So uh, you must either choose whether you wish to... Uh... Oh, hang on. Uh, da -da -da. I need to check one thing very quickly. Talk amongst yourselves, Bride. <laughs> whilst, whilst I check one little thing. Um... I'm going to hand the key off to the mother. I don't want to open the door. Mother can lead us through. <laughs> We've seen. Been up to things, been mistreating people, but the people he's mistreated seem to have a certain amount of power. And perhaps this is a power that we can use. I mean, that book really was a little inspirational. I quite liked it. It was interesting. If we could high five. High five. Mentally high five, that's right. So, uh, so I slightly... looks at you two like, <laughs> I've seen things I never wanted to see. Oh dear. So maybe... No, it's nothing we didn't see on the out. farm, Virgin. You know? <laughs> you know how those pigs get. Good old Poppy. Good old Poppy liked to get around. Yeah. She was happy as a pig in mug, muck, because she was. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, so you, you, as the bride, approach this door and something stops you. You all feel like you've got this evidence. This uh, Bluebeard is clearly a monster of some evil. You do not need to see what's behind the door. You know in your heart of hearts you can't stay in this house anymore. So the choice you have as a, as a disloyal bride is to either present your evidence to the town or run away to start anew. What do you think, sisters? I think present the evidence to, to the town. There have been so many souls here that have been hurt and made monstrous. We can't let that happen to another unfortunate girl. Think I agree. Believe us. We will make them believe us. We have the proof that, as Animus says, if we just disappear, then it will happen to another. And whilst I may not hear it, I would not wish it on anyone. We have seen here today, and besides, we it will give us some standing we are his wife. Who else would they believe, if not us? Him. Well, the servants seem to be in on it, judging by our friend Gilbert. Why not the town, too? We have the keys. We, you... could, we could bring the town's people in and, and show, show everybody the weirdness. That's proof enough, isn't it? They must believe us. There is so much here so much awfulness here and so much awfulness that we have collected as proof. Mm. If we can at least get the word out to one person to steer clear or to put some doubt in their mind, is that not worth it? can't do this to another person, not another person. 
we heard the rumours before. We had little doubt in our mind before, but still, here we go. But not quite to this level. I suppose so. They were stories before. Now, now we have, we can show people that the stories are true. We didn't want to believe the stories, but we found out. We, we've survived, luckily, even though things have tried to, to do some bad things. We, we have survived, so maybe we are the lucky ones, and it is our, our duty to, to, to tell people. Perhaps we should go now, while we are in the condition we're in. Yes, let's not go into that, that, that horrible closet. We know what's there, let's just leave, let's, let's go. Let, let someone else go into that room with I mean, I, I know I know not what is in there, but I agree it will be a striking image if we arrive like this. And that too on our on on the day after our wedding. Yes. Agreed. Yes. He left us on the day after our wedding. He just upped and, and went. So sisters, it sounds like you're all in agreement, but I will ask again. Do you wish to present your evidence to the town, or do you wish to run away to start anew? Present our evidence to the town. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lynching. <laughs> so, you shake as the bride, all of one. You you have this renewed sort of like purpose and you sort of scream, all of, all of this bride's instincts scream, say, go to the town, present this, show them the monster that Bluebeard is. And you turn on your, on your feet and run. You run out of the house, out of the big gates, towards the town, towards safety. So this is now the, uh, the end game, as it were. Um, I'm gonna go around each of you in that order we had before and ask you each a question to detail sort of the, the epilogue of this story. Um, so, Animus, what did the town do to rid themselves of the bride's disloyal ravings? And take your time with these. Um, what did... Uh, I can put it in chat as well, but what did the town do to rid themselves of the bride's disloyal ravings? They um, took the bride and attached a um, rope to one um, side of a barn and one to her hands and they kept her there um, for days, weeks on end, hoping that having a bit of time alone would help her to figure out what she was really thinking. Mm -hmm. The towel. How did Bluebeard blackmail the bride's family into silence? Once Bluebeard got back, 
and I imagine from his staff got an appraisal of what had happened. Uh, decided to create, uh, say that uh, if we didn't do as he said, uh, that he would accuse us of uh, consorting with the staff and Gilbert would testify and as uh, us throwing ourselves on him. Mother, what loving gift does Bluebird send the bride for their wedding anniversary? Um... a perfumed embroidered handkerchief to replace the one she so carelessly left in the garden, buried in muck. Virgin, what new room in Bluebird's house haunts the bride's dreams every night? corridor that seems to just go on and on and on with hands reaching out from the walls trying to touch her blue hands velvet colored covered hands hands made of water hands that remind her of all the things that she touched and knew that she shouldn't have touched in the house and she keeps seeing these hands reaching out and just, just finger touching, brushing her skin. She walks past, trying to escape this never ending corridor. No touchy! <laughs> and finally, which? How does the bride make herself at home in that perfect new room? She embraces each hand as she walks by. She cannot escape them. She will not escape them ever. She will be trapped in this room, in this corridor. And so she, she embraces the hands. She creates jewelry for them and adorns them. And she cannot, anything to make them seem more human and less like the things that Haunt her. Gloves, rings, bracelets. And that is the end of Bluebeard's Bride. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Amazing work. Incredibly creative, incredibly scary. Thank you so much for that. Um, I will pass it back over to, to David. Uh, and then I guess we'll go around and do do all the plugs we need to plug. Um, so David, if you want to start, and then we'll get, and then we'll actually no, sorry, we'll we'll go in the same order. So if Hazel wants to start, and then go for it. Uh, so Hazel, please take it away. Cool. Am I um, am I am I plugging stuff? I, I got distracted for a second. And I was like, it's understandable. Oh, horror. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm plugging things. Okay. Hello, everyone. Before we do that, while we're doing this, I'm going to put all, all the links to everybody's social and things. It will be in the chat and for YouTube, it will be in the YouTube notes as well. So, Fantastic. Okay. Take, it, take us away, Hazel. I am Hazel and I was playing the Animus. And you can find me on Twitter at Nimin. And also, I run LARPs under a group called Bobbit Worm Games. And we have a cyberpunk club coming up called Survival Night. And you can find that on our Facebook page. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Hazel. Uh, Miriam, please plug all the things you're doing. <laughs> takes, takes this gigantic scroll and unrolls it and it keeps yep. going for a while. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, hi, I'm Miriam, and uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at media underscore junkie. I write for TRPGs, I stream, and I podcast. And uh, yeah, just uh, I think uh, uh, I'm uh, so many. I'm now in analysis paralysis, but I think I would, uh, I'll, I'll stick with the Utopia, which is a channel that I am a sort of lurker um back in co-admin um and we're having a wonderful charity stream all month called pride brunchathon where saturday and sunday afternoons 2 p.m eastern time uh we we run games that are written by bin poc designers and we feature an all qt poc cast um and we're running uh we're um uh, raising money for Black and Pink, which is a great uh, prison abolitionist uh, um, organization. Uh, and we are uh, trying to raise $1,000, and we're currently, as far as I could tell, is six ninety six sixty nine cents. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll go to Vivian. Hi, I'm Vivian. I played the mother. I had a horrible time. Thank you so much. No worries. And <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at ocean1212 underscore W. Um, you can find games that write on genderpage.bitch.io. Um, and I've got a new one coming soon that I'm currently just playtesting. And it's great. I love it. The most recent playtest involved a bunch of traveling magicians. It was great. And um, I currently have a game in the uh, in an itch TTRPG charity bundle for trans support, which is raising money for um, mermaids and trans lifeline. And that's on itch if you just search trans charity bundle, I think. And one of my games is in there, as well as a love bunch of other really good games. So go buy that. And I also organize with an organization called Trans Mutual Manchester. So go Google that and give us money, please, to give the trans people in Manchester via mutual aid, which is good. And that's that's it for now. Brilliant. Thank you so, thank you so much, Fiona. Yeah. This oh. was fun. Fine, we'll both be very polite. No, 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 thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. All of us has all that good work. David, go for it, my friend. Cool. Uh I'm, I'm David. Uh, this I played the Virgin. Um, very novel, playing a, a, a sweet and innocent character for once in my life. It happens occasionally. 
Um, this is my Twitch stream. This is where I will be playing games randomly at some po- at random points in in the future. We've done. Um, we did one a couple of weeks ago with Fiona. We have things from the flood. We've got another game planned now for was it July sixteenth? I think. Yep. Um, where we're going to play playing a cyberpunk dystopian version of Vampire the Masquerade. I have absolutely murdered the the, the meta plot, so um, this should be fun for everybody who has ever seen it. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks after that, I'm running. I'm going to give a little bit more on this one now. I can actually say a little bit more as things are setting in. I am running a game of Vesson on this Twitch. It's actually finally going to happen after God knows how long of me trying to organise a game of Vesson. But I have managed to get some podcast folklore royalty involved. There are some uh, big folklore podcast names and some may maybe a famous person. Mildly famous at least. So. That's kind of cool, and that I'm gonna. Uh, that is definitely being connected to the the charity, um, and we are going to try and raise more money for HPV, which is cool. Um, again, I also have the podcast in relation to this Twitch channel, uh, where I actually just talk about folklore rather than gaming. So you can actually go and catch the the episode which I did on Bluebeard's Bride and delved into kind of the story, and then other connections to other stories and the the connection to the feminist. Um, horror of it all. Um, I'm also part of the Darker Days Radio Crew, who are a horror-themed uh, <coughs> podcast where we talk about World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness. Um, so that's kind of cool. There's also a thing which I've just remembered. In a couple of weeks, I can't remember when exactly, um, but the Bodhana Group are running their Safe Con again this year um, called Save Against Fear. And it's uh, about raising money um, for charities and gaming safely and uh, inclusivity and things. So do go check that out. It's really good. Um, I may or may be doing something with that. I've not quite decided yet, but I think Crystal from Darker Days Radio will be doing stuff on that. Um, I think that's everything for me for the moment. I can't really remember. Yeah, oh, thanks for that, David. And finally, last but by no means least, Amy. Is there anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> Um, nothing I'd like to plug, but I have a book recommendation. Please, go for it. Um, so on the topic of feminist retellings of folklore, I recently read The Adventures of China Iron by Gabriela Cabezón Camara, and that's a retelling of the Argentinian epic folk poem uh, Martin Fierro uh, from the perspective of his wife, and it, it's really interesting in that it shows what she was up to throughout that whole poem, and it really is it in the end um, the main character's bisexual um, there's also other characters among it who are on the LGBTQ spectrum which is quite interesting for a novel that's set in like the 1800s Argentina still in the British Empire so that's a really good book and I would recommend it if you know anything about Latin American culture or anything like that or also if you just want to read it because it's good and so just what was that title on the author again, Amy? Just so we got it. The Adventures of China Iron and Felt China Iron. And the author is Gabriela Cabezon Camara. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And I'll just lead us out by saying thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, my name is Fiona. I run the One My Rolling podcast, which is a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. And I also run the DMs Book Club, which is a weekly book club kind of for- format where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. But that that's... You can go find those out in your own time. Go go think about how horrible and scary this one shot was and go, 
I want to play it myself. And if you do want to play it yourselves, because um, I, I did forget, again, at the top of the screen to mention it, you can get your own copy of Bluebeard's Bride, which I will hold up here so you can vaguely see it. Uh, again, very, very beautiful book uh, written by Whitney Strix Beltran, um, Marissa Kelly and Sarah Richardson. And you can find that on the Magpie Games website. So you can buy it there. And I'm sure there'll Link be other... Uh, Lincoln chat. Look, that's how quick he is. He's so good. I uh, want to play Bluebeard's Bride yes. with a professional GM or sort of. If you uh, thought I was rubbish, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you were amazing. No, no, no. Um, I was also, kidding, I'm kidding. also, also, thank you. Um, I, I'm forever GM, at least when it concerns Bluebeard's Bride. So I'm very, very happy I get to play um, in a bit. Um, I run it as well as several other GMs uh, run it on the curated play program. So if you go to Magpie and look up the curated play program, you can see all the games uh, from Magpie's catalog that uh, are being run. So you can sign up as a player and play. Yeah, yeah so e even now. Yeah, exactly. So you can, yeah, so if, you've, if you're inspired by this and want to have a look, that's where you, that's where you need to go. Well, friends, thank you so much for playing with us. And I guess we'll just awkwardly wave at the camera until we go out. Thank you so I'll, much. I'll just, I'll just leave you all here waving because I now have power. <laughs> oh my cool. God. Um, I'm going to keep waving. I've got to work out. The Bye. Three, yeah. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howitt. This episode's players were Hazel, Miriam, Vivian, David and Amy. This episode's RPG was Bluebeard's Bride, a tabletop role-playing game of supernatural horror set in a familiar fairy tale. Written by Whitney Strix Beltran, Marissa Kelly and Sarah Richardson and published by Magpie Games. You can find out more information about Bluebeard's Bride and get your own copy on the official Magpie Games website. That's magpiegames.com forward slash bluebeards bride. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.